of the gift of righteousness. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus said, seek ye first. That's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his, his righteousness. That's God's righteousness. If you want to seek any need to be met in your life, the number one need that you have in life is to go after this need, seek this need to be met. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. No matter what you need in life, is going to be added to you once you have the gift of righteousness. That's the foundation for living. You will never live life right without this foundation. You need this solid foundation. Every Christian must understand the gospel, the good news of the gift of righteousness, otherwise your Christianity will be in vain. You will not be able to do things for God until it's established inside of you that you have received the gift of righteousness. You won't even have the joy of the Lord in your life. It's not there. You have to receive this gift. Jesus said, if you have to seek anything, seek first. Before you seek anything else, seek first. When there is first, there is second. So Jesus said, seek first. The kingdom of God, seek to enter and seek his righteousness. Notice, not its righteousness, but his righteousness. Jesus' righteousness because we don't have it. I have to seek it. And Jesus said, if you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. A lot of people are not seeking his righteousness. Once you have his righteousness, everything else will take care of itself. You know, today we are trying to teach Christians to cope. The word says those who have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness should reign in life. Not cope in life. So we are teaching Christians to cope with their problems. We are teaching them this is the way to do to cope. It's a great message. But God didn't call us to cope in life. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And once you have that, doesn't matter what comes at you, you are going to make it. Everything that they are killing and fighting and scratching and cheating to get, God said, all of those things, your righteousness will attract them to you. And you don't even have to work very much. They will come to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's the need for righteousness. It's so important. A lot of people go to church, but they don't understand the righteousness of God. They're thinking they're doing all... And I have a book written there. I mean, a, a track written there. Good people don't go to heaven. Isaiah 64 verse 6. Good people don't go to heaven. But we... Can you read with me? But we are all like an unclean thing. That's including the prophet. Think about it. That includes the prophet himself. He didn't say you. Prophet didn't say you. He says we are all, every one of us, like an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. 
No matter what you do, they are like filthy rags. We need this abundance of grace. We need this gift of righteousness to be able to make it. So that we can reign in life. We can reign in life through the word. Notice what Paul said. He says, for if by the one man's offense, death reigns. Can you escape from death? It comes to every man. Death is reigning. You know why? Because of that one thing that Adam did. Death is reigning. You cannot escape from it. But then there is the obedience of one. And death doesn't have to reign over you. <laughs> because Jesus calls you sleeping. <laughs> you sleep. And go home to be with your father. But we have to understand what this is. In Romans chapter 5, beginning from verse 12 to 14, the Bible tells us, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, through one man sin entered the world, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. You see, sin entered the world. Sin was not in the world before, but because of Adam's transgression, sin came in and entered into our world. So when you are born into the world, sin is already here waiting for you. He's already here waiting for us. Everyone that is born is born into sin that's already entered into our world. So everyone sins. You don't teach a young child how to lie. They know how to lie. Just like you can't teach a fish to swim. You can't teach them how to lie. They know where the cookie jar is <laughs> and to get to it. You are constantly instructing them, don't do this, don't do that, it's bad for you. Why? Because the nature is there, you don't teach them. I mean, sometimes they're a few weeks old and they're already showing their temper. Angry. You don't teach them how to do that. They know how to do that. It's a big work to teach them to go the other way. And sometimes adults, it's still a big work to do what's right. Sin entered the world so that everyone is caught in it. And sin, death through sin. And so death is reigning. That's what the Bible says. He says in verse 13, For until the law, sin was in the world. We always think about breaking Ten Commandments. But you see, it's not about the Ten Commandments. It's not about breaking the law. Sin was already here before Moses came. Sin was already in the world. It was a problem before Moses came. And God gave the commandments just to try to help the situation. And it didn't work. Read Romans chapter 3. It says, for until the law, until Moses brought the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. However, he says, death reigned from Adam to Moses. It didn't matter because sin was already there. You still die. Whether you realize you're sinning or not doesn't matter. 
you're going to die because he's just there. Sin is in the world. It says, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the, the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Notice sin was already there, but let me show you something. It's so important. Adam's one single sin caused all this destruction. But then, Jesus is the second Adam. His obedience is more powerful than Adam's sin. Can you get it? Jesus obeyed God. Can disobedience be more powerful than obedience? Jesus is referred to as the second Adam. One Adam sinned, and we got all this mess. And then the other Adam obeyed. What you do expect? You should expect great restoration. I submit to you today that Jesus' obedience is more powerful than Adam's transgression. And all we have to do is to lock in into Jesus and receive what he's done for us. We became sinners because Adam allowed sin to enter into our world and entered into our flesh. And so we fight this battle. And if you read in Romans chapter 8, Paul was talking about the condition of the flesh. Start from Romans chapter 7. The condition of the flesh, the war that the body and the spirit, the mind, they are constantly fighting. Paul talks about this. He says, there is therefore now, beginning from verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent it in some son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh. So sin has been condemned in the flesh when Jesus came. Why am I quoting the scriptures to you? Because Paul is saying, when you receive righteousness, your past no longer counts. That was in the flesh. Your past no longer counts. You know, if you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, it says, Therefore, from now on, this you have to really think deep with me. This is really important, okay? This is very, very important. It says, from now on, can you say the word with me? From now on? Yes, from now on. From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. What's happening in the church? We are always regarding people according to, their, to the flesh. What they've, where they've been, where they are, what they're doing, and all of, this, all of that stuff. Paul is saying, from now on, we don't regard anybody according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ, so he picked Christ as an example. We knew Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no more. It's not a fleshly thing. We don't regard your past, what's happened to your life in the past, in your flesh. We don't regard all of that now. Why is he saying this? He says, therefore, because we don't regard anyone according to the flesh, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. He is a 
new creation. We don't regard your past. You are a new creation. When you receive that righteousness of God into your life, God doesn't look back into your past. He sees you as a new being. You look just like his son, Jesus Christ, because you have the righteousness of God inside of you. You are a new creation. The world will still be looking to you and regarding you according to the flesh, but we don't, and God certainly doesn't. You are a new creation. If any man is in Christ, it's a new creature, a new creation. All things, they are all gone away. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Notice, the first creation was in Adam. When you got recreated, Jesus calls it born again. Born again. Because you cannot be righteous after you've sinned. You're a sinner. <laughs> it was, it, you were born with it. You have to be born into righteousness. And once you are born into righteousness, you are righteous, just like you were born into sin. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> you receive it just like you were born into sin. You can be born into God's righteousness, and that stays with you and shapes your life and molds you to the new creation that God has made you. This all by faith. We got to believe all of this. Amen? We are a new creation in him. So how do we receive? Receiving the gift of righteousness. That's the point. And you can read through the New Testament. It's so important. Why I'm going, I decided I needed to go. I believe this was the Lord to go into this message. For Christians to understand what righteousness is all about. <coughs> Excuse me. Because the whole book, beginning from Genesis to the very end, is dealing with this one subject. He said, he's righteous. God gave him righteousness. It's a gift that you receive from God. And you can receive that today. Once you receive the gift, maintain the gift. Stay with the gift. If you have a car, no one's going to convince you that you don't have a car, would you? Would you allow somebody to convince you that you don't have a car? You say, come, let me show you if you, if you don't believe. It's right here. You got the gift. Amen. It says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not according to grace, but as a debt. If you worked for it, then you deserve it. But many of us say, well, I don't deserve it. That's a good place to be. <laughs> when you say, I don't deserve to be a child of God. I don't deserve to go to heaven. God said, you are in the right place where I can reach you. When you do that, you find favor with God. Everything that God's been doing from the Old Testament through the law was to help you come to the place where you realize, I am not a good person. God says that's good. Once you realize that. And once you realize that, then you can receive all of God's righteousness. And your life will begin to change. Remember what I said last week? A lot of Christians say they, are, they receive Christ, but 
the truth is, maybe not. Because if righteousness is in the heart, like I said last week, there will be beauty in the character. If there's righteousness in the heart, there will be beauty in the character. If it's not showing, maybe you don't understand it yet. And you need to understand it because it frees you. That's what the freedom that Jesus was talking about. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So Abraham received not by works, it was accounted to him. So God can be the justifier of the unrighteous because of what his son has done. Abraham is the father of faith because that's the way he received his righteousness. Now let me go to the scripture as I close this morning about how to receive God's righteousness. As simple as this. How to receive his righteousness. Romans chapter 10, beginning from verse 6. It says again, and notice how the scripture is always going to this point. Righteousness. You have the righteousness of God. But the righteousness of faith. So there is a righteousness that is not of faith. But there is a righteousness which is of faith. And that's the one God accepts. Can I hear an amen? Not your good works. The righteousness that you can earn this morning by faith. By believing in what Jesus did, that's what God is talking about. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks in this way. So the righteousness speaks. Righteousness also acts. Righteousness in you speaks. And righteousness in you will demonstrate what is happening inside of you. You are, you show what you are. You demonstrate what's already in you. It says the righteousness of God speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? How do I obtain the righteousness of God? How many want to know this morning? How do I obtain this great righteousness of God? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now I'm seeking the kingdom of God. I want his righteousness. How do I find it? How do I get it? How do I embrace it? How do I bring it into my heart? God says, Don't, there are things not to say and there are things not to do. Amen. There are things not to think. What does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus if you confess with your mouth notice God's not he's just giving you a formula if you do it and you mean it from the heart that's it sir. you don't have to do anything else if you add anything to it, okay, God, I've said that, now can I do this? You just contaminated the real thing. You do what it says because it will change your life. The righteousness of God in your life will transform your life. And if it's not transforming your life, maybe you don't understand it really. Because when that righteousness gets in you, you become righteous. And it's hard to do unrighteous things. How I many can bear witness to that? It's hard to do unrighteous things. But this is the way he says. The word is near you. So it's the word. 
and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What did we say? Saved means receive the righteousness of God. When you receive the righteousness of God, you are no longer unrighteous. You are no longer a sinner. You become a saint according to the word of God. So we receive the righteousness of God. You confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart and then you are saved. For it gives you the reason, the principle, the law. With the heart, man, human beings, believe unto righteousness. And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Isn't that easy? That's all it says to do. That's all it says to do. You don't have to do anything more. For many of us, we are aware of this. But there are some of us that may not understand this. Today, you can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And if you have any doubt that God is against you in any way, today you can free yourself from that. Because once you do this with your heart and with your mouth and you believe it, you have the righteousness of God. You have God's righteousness. Amen? Close your eyes with me this morning and bow your heads. The next time I want to come to this message, I want to talk about the righteousness of God, the wisdom of God. I want to talk about sanctification, what does all of those things mean? And the fact that the church is a hospital and where people come to get healed. Amen? If you're here this morning and you want the righteousness of God without a doubt in your heart, that God has made you righteous, why don't you do these two things? Just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. If you haven't made Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life this morning or before before this very day and you want Jesus in your heart and you want to know God. Can I see your hand up quickly? You want the righteousness of God. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. All we have to do this morning is to believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Can everyone say with me, I believe with all of my heart that Jesus died, was buried, and was raised from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart because I know that you live. I want you to live your life in my heart. I receive you as my gift of righteousness. Righteousness 
that's greater than Adam's disobedience. I declare before God today, based on the confession of my lips, that I have the righteousness of Christ. I am the righteousness of Christ. Amen. Stand up with me. If you made that decision the first time this morning, there's this connection card. We're going to be receiving our offering right after this. But there's a part of it that says, my decision today. Now, let me tell you this. I don't care how bad you've been in the past. If you will submit to what you've just done, your life is going to be transformed. I guarantee you. There are places where when you go, something is going to tell you, this is not the place for you. And you feel so uncomfortable, you want to run out. We don't have to work for it. We receive it. That abundance of grace. So check what you did here so we know my decision today and put that in the offering basket. Now what I want you to do before we take the offering, I want you to walk around and shake somebody's hand and tell them, I am the righteousness of God. Okay, you believe in your heart. You got to confess with your mouth. Now, move around. Shake somebody's hand. Tell them, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Oh, yeah. I am the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. I am the righteousness of God. I am righteous. I am the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. All right, all right, all right. Now, listen. Listen. Don't, there are things that righteous people don't say. Amen. Get your offering ready. Amen. But let me tell you this. There are things that righteous people don't say. Don't ever say, I am an old sinner. Saved by grace. No, there is nothing like that. You were an old sinner, but now you are what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you say. I am a saint. You don't have to die to be a saint. You are a saint before God because you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you are suffering from condemnation, please, when you get home, just walk around, keep saying, I am the righteousness of God. Satan, come over, hear this. You want to hear me sing? I am the righteousness of God. And Satan will leave you alone. Amen? Amen. Let's lift our offering up to the Lord today. Give generously to the Lord. The Bible is clear. The three wise men came to visit with Jesus. They brought gifts. Amen? I'm sure you brought gifts to the Lord today. Be generous to him. And he'll note it in heaven. Amen. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for righteousness. Thank you for your grace of God. Thank you that we can reign in life, not cope in life. We can reign in life through Jesus Christ. Christ, your obedience was greater than Adam's transgression. So we are free.
Praise the Lord for God. Lord, we ask that you bless the offerings. Receive the offerings from our hands. Bless those that have gained multiplied the seed sown. And increase the fruit of our righteousness. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.